Who do you want to remember you? That's a question that, that has gone over and over in my mind uh, the last little while, especially thinking about today and, and what this, this weekend is all about. Memorial Day is a, is a holiday, as Tim said, where we, we remember lives that uh, were given in exchange for our ongoing freedom. And I'm thankful. Anybody thankful for the freedom that we have? Amen. Thankful for those who sacrificed, uh, those that have, have given all. And I'm sure that most of us have someone that we think of, someone specific that we think of about or think on and when this occasion rolls around every year or on occasions like this. We have a friend we have a family member, we have someone that, that our mind goes to when, when we talk about people giving their lives for our freedom. Let me see the show of hands, those that think about somebody specific when this time of year rolls around, or this holiday weekend. I see hands all across the building. Several years ago when we were pastoring in North Carolina, there was a young man in his 30s that was a part of our church who had uh, been deployed to Afghanistan and he was gone for almost a year, only had a short few weeks left uh, before he was to return home and uh, by the hideous act of uh, an individual in uh, the area he was in, he lost his life and what a what a event that was in uh, in the life of our church, in the life of all who were connected to this young man by the name of Chris. Chris was a chaplain's assistant. He was uh, for many years in another area of the army, but he had moved into an area where he wanted to become a chaplain, and he was working toward that. He was serving as a chaplain's assistant when he lost his life. What was interesting about his story is that Chris was the first American soldier that was fulfilling the role of a chaplain or a chaplain's assistant that had lost his life in uh, wartime or in battle since the Vietnam War. So Chris was the first individual as a chaplain or a chaplain's assistant that had perished in battle since way, way, way back uh, a number of years ago. And so uh, the things that, that happened and transpired around Chris's death will, will never leave me. It will be something that I'll go with throughout the rest of my life. In fact, yesterday I, uh, I looked at a little cross that I received during that time. I looked at a little coin that I received and also looked at a, a little bracelet that I was given uh, that just uh, talked about Chris and uh, his life, and it was something to remember. I leave that in my office at home, and I see, I see that almost on a daily basis, and I think about Chris. What a wonderful, wonderful young man. In his 30s, left behind a wife and uh, small children, but it was interesting how the church and the community and friends and people responded and rallied at that time, and uh, we did everything we could to honor him 
uh, and the life that he had lived. So I think about Chris often along with, with other people. And I, I recently read where uh, one, one man listed everyone in his family. He went back through their, their uh, family name and he listed all of the people who had served or those that were connected with the military in his family through the years. And he even showed a picture. He showed a picture of a headstone that, uh, that also gave the name of one family member of his that died in the Civil War. And he, was, he went back through all the history of their family here in America, and he talked about one individual that gave his life during the Civil War, and, and he honored him and talked about all of his family members and those connected needing to take the picture that he posted and make it as a status on their, on their Facebook page. I thought it was interesting because it wasn't just somebody that died a week ago, someone that died a month ago, or someone that died 10 years ago, but we're talking about someone that gave their life all the way back in the Civil War. But today I'm going to take a little bit of a different turn, and I'm going to talk to you about a memorial, but it will not have to do with the United States holiday of Memorial Day, but it will have something in the Scripture, I believe, that, that lasts throughout generations of time. In the New Testament, the word memorial only shows up three times. It only shows up 31 times in the entire Bible, 28 times in the Old Testament, and uh, it's interesting as I read through every one of those uh, occasions, the things that memorials point to, much of it had, had to do with Exodus and Leviticus and some of the, the laws and uh, what is to be remembered and honored. But in the New Testament, the word memorial only shows up three times, at least in the King James Version. And two, two of those... Uh, are, are related to the same event. So two times that memorial shows up in the New Testament, shows up in the Gospels in Matthew and also in Mark, and both of those times it's pointing to the same event. It was an act of unselfish love. Everybody say unselfish love. Unselfish love. It was an act of sacrifice. It was an act of worship that caused Jesus to say this in Matthew 26, 13. Verily I say unto you, whosoever or wheresoever, excuse me, this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Jesus said this, he said, wherever the gospel is shared in the whole world. Make sure that the event that just transpired is mentioned also as a memorial to her. An event of unselfish love. An event of sacrifice. An event of worship. It was the story of the woman who brought her important 
costly alabaster box, broke it open, poured it upon the Lord, and people questioned why she took what in many, in many cases would be a year's worth of income or wage. Imagine taking your entire 2017 income, purchasing precious perfume, fragrance, something valuable, and then bringing that and breaking it open on the feet, body of Jesus. That's what she did. She took a year's worth of income, not a portion not one small part, not a tenth. She took the entire thing and she poured it upon him. And people questioned why she would do that and why he would allow her to do that. Take the money and do something else with it. But why this? But it was an act of unselfish love. It, it was an act of sacrifice. It was an act of, of worship. And Jesus used the word memorial. He said Wherever the gospel is preached in the entire world, make sure that you mention what she did as a memorial to her. And so those are two places in Matthew and Mark where this word appears. A memorial is something designed to preserve the memory of a person or to preserve the memory of an event. So it's a memorial. There was an event that took place and we want to remember that event. There was a person that did something significant, and we want to remember that individual, so we call it a memorial. It's designed to preserve the memory. What she did, this is, this is amazing, what she did was so significant that Jesus elevated that act. He elevated it to the same level of the gospel being propagated throughout the entire world. I mean, you and I as Christians think about the gospel. We think about the good news. The good news that everyone needs to hear, that everyone should hear, that He came and gave His life so everyone would have that opportunity. And Jesus takes the event of this woman and He elevates it to the same level as the good news saving message that He came and purchased for you and I. And He said, everywhere you share the gospel, tell of what she did as a memorial. I don't want anyone to ever forget her act. That, that's amazing to me. Acts that honor Him. Acts that involve sacrifice are never taken lightly. He doesn't take it lightly when someone honors Him. He doesn't take it lightly when someone goes to the degree that they would give in such a sacrificial way Jesus doesn't overlook that. It is not taken lightly. And He wanted everyone to remember her. Say everyone. He wanted everyone 
to remember her. So we're talking about it today. We're remembering her. We didn't know her, wouldn't know her as she walked in the room, have no idea what she looks like, but I know one thing, I'm remembering her today because of the memorial that was mentioned surrounding the event that took place in Jesus' life. But there's another example in the Scripture of memorial building that is even more significant. Now, how can you get more significant than Jesus saying, wherever the gospel is preached, tell this lady's story. There's another event in the, in the New Testament that, that involves memorial that is even more significant. And it's found in the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. Acts, the 10th chapter, verse number 1 says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. This is the third time the word is used in the New Testament. The first two times were in Matthew and Mark, and they were surrounding the event of the woman pouring the, the, the alabaster box, breaking it and pouring out the precious fragrance upon him. And now it's used again in the book of Acts, speaking of a man by the name of Cornelius, that this man, his, his, his prayers and his alms had come up before God as a memorial, as a memorial. He is a man of, of earthly importance. When you look at, at Cornelius, you see that, that this man had earthly importance. The Bible describes that. He was of Caesarea. He was a centurion. He was, he was a man that was a part of the military presence of the day. He was not just an enlisted man. He had climbed the ladder in that, in that world. He was working at, at a high place of prominence and importance. He is an Italian. He is devout, the Bible said. He, he's not a man of frivolous activity. He's not a man of careless lifestyle. He's a devout man. He is a man of structure. He's a man of discipline. He's a man of, of great knowledge. And he's one that fears God. He fears God with all his house. See, you can be important and still fear God. You can have name, you can have status, you can have recognition, you can have places of importance and still fear God. Some people think, well, if, 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 if I live that way, then I can have no connection with God. That's not true. Here is a man that was living his life in a world of, of great respect and great discipline and on and on. And he fears 
God, a man of authority that understood authority, a man that had people that looked to him, but a man that realized he needed someone to look to. And so the Bible said he's devout. He fears God with all his house, and he gave much alms to the people. Here's a man. Some people say, well, if you, if I don't ever want to be of importance, I don't ever want to have recognition because those people, they're, they're just not generous. Well, that's not true. That's not always the case. Just because you may have seen it that way doesn't always uh, prove to, to, to be the fact across the board. Here is a man that gave, the Bible said, much alms to the people. Here is a man that gave. He was a giver. And, and what's interesting is it says he prayed to God always. He was constantly Praying, he could have relied upon his talent. He could have relied upon his ability. He could have relied upon his experience. He could have relied upon his education. He could have relied upon his training. He could have relied upon his position. He could have relied upon those that followed him. He could have relied upon those that were above him. But the Bible said that this man prayed to God Always, You may have education, you may have talent, you may have ability, you may have a lot of friends, you may have a lot of support, but can I tell you the most important person in all of our lives should be God. The most important thing in all of our lives should be Him. And so here the Bible said He prays to God always and, and He sees a vision about the ninth hour of the day. Now, there, there's, there's two things that stand out to me in this Scripture and also uh, probably more specific in verse number 4. It says that uh, the angel said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up before God as a memorial. As a memorial. Thy prayers and thine alms. His, his connection here. Uh, really cannot be overstated. I could spend the rest of the afternoon talking to you about his first devotion. Apparently, his first devotion was God. Apparently, his name didn't mean as much to him as God meant. Apparently, his uh, position did not mean as much to him as God meant to him. Apparently, his uh, recognition and his family and his friends and his wealth and his, his, his lineage, his name, his culture, none of that meant as much to him as God. Because the Scripture tells us that he prayed to God always, and not only did he pray to God, but his prayers were so moving that they were literally a memorial that was built up before God that God could not ignore, that God could not overlook, that God could not get around Cornelius's devotion to God. That's amazing to me. It, it really is that, that he has this connection to heaven. And, and I'll jump ahead and just say this and, and come back to explain in a moment, but his, his connection to God was not even as complete as the newest newborn believer in this house. Yeah. 
Think about it for a moment. This man did not have full truth. This man did not have complete or entire revelation. All he knew was that somewhere in his life, someone told him, talk to God, turn to God, trust in God. And this man took the simple instruction and he built his entire life on something that was not even as complete as what our children have in this church. His connection to heaven. His, his, it, it was his first devotion, and, and it's shown in the Scripture. Second thing that I find here was his willingness to give and his willingness to help others, that he was faithful. Everybody say faithful. When you're faithful in the area of giving, when you're faithful in the area of helping, when you're faithful in the area of assisting others, you will always gain the attention of the Lord. He will always look in your direction. He will always see the sacrifice that you make. He will always take into account the feeling and desire and actions that you go forth with when you give to others. God, help us to be those type of people. What my focus is this morning is is simple. Cornelius caused God to remember him. Cornelius caused God to say, I can't get around this memorial. (laughs) I cannot get around the fact that this man prays constantly. That this man looks to me for help in every situation. That this man is such a giver and a helper and an assistant to those that are in need that I cannot ignore where this man is coming from. Jesus was not looking at the man's name, his reputation, his career, his accomplishments, his family, his history, his ups, downs, failures. All the Bible tells us is that this man's prayers and this man's willingness to give built a memorial so great before God that God said, I cannot move around this anymore. I have to do something on his behalf. Look at your neighbor and say, do you want God to do something on your behalf? Come on, help me for a moment. Do you want God to do something on your behalf? There's a way to get it done. I said, there's a way to get it done. There is a way to get it done. Her story was about others remembering her. But his story was about God remembering him. Her story, Jesus said, I want everybody to remember her. I want all the people to remember her. But Cornelius' story was about God remembering him. So my question is, who do you want to remember you? It really doesn't matter if people remember me. It really doesn't mean that much that everybody knows my name. But it really does matter if he knows who I am. It really does matter if he remembers me. It really does matter if God sees my situation. 
And it really does matter if God sees your, your situation also. As the story unfolds, the Bible tells us in verse number 20, 29, this man is ultimately making his way toward a complete revelation. Revelation of truth is coming. Verse 29 says, Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. I love this story. I love how this happened. Peter shows up at the man's house. I mean, all kinds of events have, have transpired in those few days. Here is one of the disciples of the Lord in another city that God begins to deal with about someone coming to Him. And God is moved on the behalf of Cornelius and told Cornelius, you need to go find Simon. You need to go find Peter. And if you'll go find him, he'll tell you what you need to do. Well, I pray. I don't need to do anything else. Well, I give. That's all God wants from me. Man, there's a lot of Christians in our world that feel that way right now. I pray. Oh, my family went to church. They prayed all the time. But does that mean you know everything there is to know about God? Does that mean that, that you've received full revelation? Because here's a man that was devout. Here's a man that gave always. Here's a man that prayed. Here's a man that feared God with his entire house. Here is a man that doesn't know everything there is to know about God or even what God wanted him to know. And so he sets up the whole scenario with Cornelius and with Simon. Hey, go get this man and he'll tell you what you need to do. But the problem was Peter was a Jew. And he didn't have any dealings with people that were not Jewish. And he didn't think that it was even possible for them to have this full revelation of what they had received in the second chapter of Acts. And so God has to deal with Simon Peter to say, wait a minute. If I tell you to eat it, you eat it. If I tell you it's clean, it's clean. If I say you need to respond to this, and that's what unfolded in between. And so finally, Peter shows up, and here's Cornelius, and they're talking about all of this. He said, four days ago, I heard that my prayers heard and thine alms had, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Prayers and alms cause God to remember. <laughs> prayers and alms cause God to say, that's a memorial built right there, directed toward a person that I will never forget. Prayers cause God to remember you. Alms, giving causes God to respond in your situation. So I can't get God to move. I can't get God to answer. I can't get God to come through. I can't get anything to happen. Start praying like you've never prayed before. Start giving like you've never given before. Because God can't help but remember people who first connect with Him and then give in such a way that lives are touched because of their sacrifice. Put your hands together and shout, Amen. 
He said, send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he is come shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Cornelius said, God set this whole thing up. And you're now, you've obeyed, you're here, Simon, and we're all here ready. You know what, you, you know what Cornelius had done? He had reached out to all of his friends, he had reached out to all of his family, and he had filled his house with people. So I don't, I don't just see a man who prayed, and I don't just see a man who gave the specific needs, but I also see a man before he was even converted, also concerned about the eternal well-being of everyone in his sphere of influence. So here is a man that had no idea what Peter was going to tell him, but because he had heard from God, he went and got everybody he could and filled his house with anticipation that whatever Peter was going to tell them would be an answer for their life. That's amazing. So here is this guy saying, we're all here. Now tell us what God commanded you. Tell us all things. See, God will go to great lengths for people who gain His attention. I said, God will go to great lengths for people who gain His attention. Who gain His attention through relationship, prayer. Listen, you, you have to develop a relationship with God. And if you don't talk to Him, you don't have a relationship with Him. You don't have a relationship with people that you don't talk to. You may say, they're my relative. You may say, oh, they're my family. But if you never communicate with Him, you have no relationship with them. You're only related in name. You're not related in vision, in passion, in purpose, in desire. And none of those things. And so people that may carry your same name are just as strange to you as someone on the street that you've never even met before. And that's the way it is often with people and their walk with God. They have a connection because they were baptized in His name maybe. They don't have a relationship with Him because they never talked to Him. And He's just as strange to them as someone that they would meet on the street. See, he will go to great lengths for people who get his attention. And I don't know of a greater way to get God's attention than to spend time talking to him. Than to spend time praying, communicating with him, developing your relationship with him. And, 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 and here, right on the heels of that is, if you want God's attention, then help people. Give, sacrifice, go out of your way. Hazard your life jeopardize your life. That's what this whole thing is about. We have Memorial Day weekend because of people who hazarded their lives for our freedom, who put everything on the line so you and I could sit in here today and worship God in freedom without worry or stress or fear. People shed their blood so you and I could have what we have today. They sacrifice. Sacrifice is not something foreign to you and I. 
It's not foreign to the people of this country. It's not foreign to us, although we live at a distance from it. It's really not foreign. It's in the very makeup of who we are. It's in the very foundation of this country. It's, it's, it's everything that we are hoped to be because of the sacrifice of individuals. And all across the country right now, people are trying to undermine that. Imagine what will happen 10 years from now if these people succeed. Imagine what kind of kids, what kind of world your kids are going to grow up in 20 years from now if these people succeed in doing away with our history of the sacrifice of people who gave. Right or wrong, whatever side you want to be on, the fact remains somebody laid their life down for the things that they believed in and because they did that, you and I have what we have right now. It's a memorial. We're talking about it. We're remembering it. We're we're thinking about it today because of what they did. Now I think about this man and this man inspires me. This man challenges me. Cornelius causes me to want to pray like I haven't prayed before. Cornelius causes me to want to help and assist and go out of my way to sacrifice and benefit others because I see what happened for him. He gained heaven's attention through his relationship and through his sacrifice. And the Bible tells us in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. Notice this. The Jews, the Bible calls them the circumcision those that were of Peter's history, lineage, friends, makeup, were standing there watching as Peter preached the gospel to this man Cornelius and his entire home. And while Peter is preaching, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell on them all. All of Cornelius' family, all of Cornelius' friends, everybody he had filled his house with, the Holy Ghost fell on them all. They heard the word, and they of the circumcision, those that came with Peter, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So those that came with Peter are looking at all these Gentiles, thinking they could never have what the Jews could have, what they received in the second chapter of Acts. We're in the 10th chapter of Acts. This is probably 10 years later. This is not from week one, week two, one month later, that happened in the fall, this happens in the summer. This wasn't a few days later from the second chapter of Acts. This was almost a decade later. And all that time, you have people saying, well, it's only for us, it's only for us, it's not for anybody else, it's not for anybody else, it's only for us. And Peter's wrestling with the same thing, and God said, you go tell the man what I want you to tell him, and don't you call it common. If I want to cleanse it, I'll cleanse it. You go down there and preach to the man. And so Peter says, okay, and he goes to this centurion's home and he preaches to him the word of God and as he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls and everybody that received the word receives the Holy Ghost and they're astonished, those that came with Peter saying, oh my goodness, it's happening for them too. But notice what it said, for they heard them speak with tongues. 
The Bible said they begged him to stay a few more days. I want to hear what you have to say. What you brought to me has changed my life. People that fall in love with truth will not try to escape it and run from it and get away from it. They'll desire it more than they've ever in their life and they'll want to receive it as much as possible. So here's the story for you and I today. Who do you want to remember you? Do you want people to remember you? Or do you want Him to remember you? Because if you want Him to remember you, then you'll fashion your life after Cornelius. At least in the area of prayer. And at least in the area of giving. And when you pray, and when you give, God goes to work to bring every truth and every revelation and every good gift and every benefit that He could bestow upon His people, He will go to work to see that it happens in your life. If you want revelation and truth and blessing and favor and help and divine direction and visitation, then start praying like you've never prayed before and start giving like you've never given before and watch what God will do on this Memorial Day weekend. I want God to respond to my life. I want God to respond to my actions. I want God to see where and what I'm doing and do what only He can to take me to the next place. Where? I ask you a question as I close this morning. Where can you step it up in your life to move Him on your behalf? Is it in the area of prayer? Then nobody can pray for you. You have to do that. Carve some time out in the morning. Carve some time out in the afternoon. Carve some time out before you go to bed. Disconnect. Disconnect. I thought about, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like Tim, I'm not an engineer. <laughs> I can't go put this stuff together, but I've thought about what an app, somebody who creates an app that connects all your social media and hobbies and enjoyment and pastime platform, and you connect everything to it and let it just track the time you spend. Let it track the time you spend in all those areas. If you really want to get focused and disciplined in your life, and there are people that really want to do that and prioritize things, create an app that just kind of shows everywhere you've been every social media, everything that you've done that really isn't benefiting what the goal you're trying to reach, let it just show you at the end of the day. You spent six hours on Facebook and then let, let, let it on the spiritual side say, you spent zero in prayer. Let it say, you just watched your favorite binge, Netflix, 12, season, whatever. You just did all that and you helped nobody today. You just talked about your problems and your issues and your situations and your impossibility and your limitations and your can'ts, and you did nothing to gain His attention. Really, what area of your life right now could you step it up in to just gain His attention? Because when you gain His attention, there's no mountain He will not move. There's no river He will not cross over. 
There's no difficulty He will not handle. There's no sickness He will not heal. I'm preaching to you about a God that literally showed up and changed a man's life simply because He prayed. Simply because He gave. And His praying and His giving came up before God as a memorial. And God said, I'm going to work in that man's life. Let's stand together.